Welcome to Books and Sound. I'm your host, Don Beavers, and this episode contains a digitally remastered theatrical presentation of one of the great works of literature. Please remember to subscribe so that you can enjoy new episodes as they are released. This podcast is provided free and offered without commercial interruption. If you enjoy the episode, please leave us a positive review so that we can grow the podcast. Enjoy. I'm Tom Bosley, once again waiting to welcome you to the magic world of radio adventure. The gates are open, so come on in and meet one of the greatest heroes of all time, Ulysses. Ulysses the brave, Ulysses the crafty, Ulysses whose unbelievable adventures have thrilled people for thousands of years. Ulysses, the man who conquered a great city with a wooden horse. Our story, The Travels of Ulysses, is based on Homer's Iliad and Odyssey and written especially for the General Mills Radio Adventure Theater by Paul Tripp. It stars Michael Wager. I shall return shortly with Act One. Homer, who more than 2,500 years ago first told the adventures you're about to hear, was a blind poet who was very poor and wandered from town to town chanting his stories. As time went on, scribes transferred his words to books, which we today have inherited from the ancient rulers who treasured them. Of all the heroes Homer sang about, none has captured the hearts of people more than Ulysses. I am Ulysses, once king of Ithaca the son of Laertes, the husband of Penelope, and father of young Telemachus. Once, I lived in peaceful happiness and thought it would last forever. And then, one day... Ulysses, my husband, why do you frown? Oh, Penelope, I fear the days of our happiness are not many. Today, Menelaus, king of Sparta, comes to have words with me. And the word I fear most to hear is war. You think then he will declare war on the city of Troy? He has no choice. The Trojan prince Paris has stolen his wife Helen and will not return her. Menelaus' pride is at stake. He'll fight. And because we are sworn to be allies, I will have to fight at his side. But is there no way out? None that I can think of. Unless... Unless what? Why are you smiling, Ulysses? Perhaps there is a way out. Listen to me, Penelope... If you were a king going into battle, would you want to have a madman, a a lunatic fighting by your side? Of course not. But I don't understand. What madman are you talking about? (laughs) A madman called Ulysses. You? (laughs) But you're the sanest of all men. The wise... Precisely. That is why Menelaus wants me at his side. But supposing I should pretend to have lost my senses... What good would I be to Menelaus then? But do you think he would believe you? If I played my part well, he would. Yes, Penelope, I think this plan can work. But you must help me. Ah, Menelaus has arrived. The play begins. Welcome to Ithaca, noble Agamemnon. 
Well, it's good to see you again, Penelope, and you, my old friend, Ulysses. <laughs> but uh, why do you call me Agamemnon? I'm Menelaus' brother. <laughs> Don't you recognize me? Of course I recognize you. Why do you try to trick me? You are Agamemnon. I'd know you anywhere. What is this? Is the sun in your eyes, Ulysses? I am Menelaus. <laughs> am I not Menelaus, Penelope? Well, of course you are, Ulysses, my dear husband, you are mistaken. This is indeed Menelaus. If you say so, wife. But I could have sworn. Eh, no matter. Oh, come, Menelaus, don't look so confused. Laugh! Yeah. <laughs> well, Ulysses, I must admit you had me convinced for a moment there. <laughs> well, I have... Uh, but first, to... you must look at our son Telemachus sleeping in his cradle here. Is he not a lusty one? Oh, that he is. My congratulations to you both. <laughs> How old is he? Ten. Ten years old. Tomorrow he gets his first lesson in archery. Ten? Did, did you say ten? Well, I must admit I don't know much about babies, but your Telemachus seems to be barely two years old. Now, why did I say ten? Why? Penelope. Because you wish to tease Menelaus, that's why. But you mustn't. He's come a long way to speak on a serious matter. You must listen to him. Of course, I must listen to him. Eek, while I go to a corner and think. Penelope, what, what, what ails your husband? I've, I've never seen him like this. Nor have I. For days I've seen this coming on. He's been behaving so strangely. Oh, Menelaus, I'm so worried that he's losing his mind. Oh, nonsense, Ulysses. Lose his mind? Never. Ah, uh, I will ask him what's bothering him. No. no. You will only make him angry. He doesn't know anything's wrong with him. Let us speak naturally. Uh, I was so sorry to hear about your wife, Helen. Is it true that Prince Paris of Troy has stolen her away from you? Yes, it is true. That's why I'm here. I'm gathering up an army to attack the Trojans and free her. And I want Ulysses to come with us. I need his help. Did you hear that, Ulysses? I want you to come and help me fight against the Trojans. Will you come? Of course I will come. But first I must yoke up my oxen and plow the seashore. Come along and watch me. Plow the seashore? Does he really gone mad? Oh, please say nothing. Do as he asks if he'll be angry. See, I shall take the baby with us. We will pretend that nothing's wrong. But I... I find all this very hard to believe. Come, my oxen, let us show Menelaus what a straight furrow we can plow. But, Ulysses, what will you plant in all this sand? Salt! What else will grow in sand? Salt? No, this has gone too far. Either he is mad or I am. Give me the child, Penelope. We shall soon find out. No, Menelaus. The child will be killed. Ulysses, be careful. He's placed our child in the path of your plow. No! Ulysses! All right, enough of this play-acting, Ulysses. You're no more insane than I am. Menelaus, why did you place our child in the path of a plow? I might have hurt him. Not if you were sane, my wily friend. Oh, no. You were a bit too mad for my taste. I had to prove it. 
For the first time in my life, I've been outwitted. Well, Penelope, we tried. Now we must return to the palace where you will help me put on my sword and armor. No, Ulysses, you must not go. Penelope, do not weep. With your husband's help, we will make it a short war. The Trojans are no match for us. He's right, Penelope. I shall be back in Ithaca with you before our son is another year older. Wait for me. And so, unwillingly, I went off to war. And unwillingly, I fought, and in vain. The walls of Troy were too strong for us. My homesickness grew stronger and stronger as the years went by. Ten long years. Uh, Ulysses, what are we to do? Once again, the Trojans have beaten back our attack. The city walls are too thick and strong. Ulysses, are you listening? Hmm? Oh, Menelaus. Just sitting here thinking about my son, Telemachus. He's 12 years old today. I wonder what he looks like now. To have a son and never watch him as he grows. It's a terrible fate for a father. Yes, 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 I know, Ulysses, but we have a war on our hands here. Ten long years and no victory to show for it. I've had enough of this fighting. Let, let me go home. Release me from my oath. No, never. Not while my own wife, Helen, is held prisoner by the Trojans. Give me a way to take the city of Troy and I'll row you back to Ithaca myself. There, there is one trick I have been mulling over. It might work. To enter the city of Troy in a wooden horse. In a wooden horse? Are you playing the madman again? Hear me out. First, we build an enormous hollow horse of wood. Then, we hide 50 of our bravest men within the horse. In the dark of night, they will then open the city gates and your army will enter. Not so fast, Judas, is not so fast. The wooden horse is still outside the city. How does it get inside? The Trojans themselves will take it in. Why would they do a stupid thing like that? Because they will think. The Greeks have given up the fight. You and your army will sail away and hide your ships behind that island where the Trojans cannot see you. At night, when Troy is asleep, you will return. The men in the wooden horse will then steal out and open the gates. The rest is up to you and your men. Well, so far, so good. But suppose... Suppose the Trojans set fire to the horse and never fall for your scheme. When you and your men sail away, you will leave me behind, disguised as a Greek traitor. I shall tell them the horse is a gift from you. Acknowledging defeat. Trust me to speak the right words. And so the wooden horse was built and placed on wheels. And 50 brave men entered the horse. Then it was wheeled in front of the city where all Troy could see it. While the Trojans watched, the Greek ships unfurled their sails and left. I was alone on the Trojan plain. I and the wooden horse. The Trojans stood on their city walls watching and wondering 
I felt thousands of eyes boring into me. At last, the city gates opened and a chariot came out and thundered toward me. Oh, there! You there? What is the meaning of this wooden horse? And who are you? I am Priam, king of Troy. Peak or die. Rejoice, O oh, great king, for a great victory is yours. What victory? Forgive me, your majesty, but are you blind? Can you not see the treacherous Greeks have sailed away? Can you not see the Greeks are defeated? And the wooden horse? Why was that left here? As a testament to Trojan courage. Though the Greeks are cowards, they admire bravery. I do not need their testament. The horse shall be burned. Ah, Ulysses said you would do that. The crafty monster said that? I heard him. He ridiculed you, King Priam, and said you would never dare bring the horse into the city lest it bring you misfortune. <laughs> I no longer fear misfortune. I, who have had so much sorrow for the past ten years, yet I think the horse should burn. And miss the opportunity to make the Greeks the laughing stock of the world. They told me you were a wise king. Were they mistaken? Then, Greek traitor, if you were so wise, what would you do? I... Would bring the horse into the sea and celebrate the whole night long around it, and then mockingly let the whole world know how the Greeks help you to celebrate their own defeat. I would turn the Trojan horse into a Greek donkey, and you, Priam, would then have the last laugh. <laughs> I like your humor, Greek stranger. Uh, when was it when last I laughed? We shall do as you say. The ancient Romans had a saying, beware of Greeks bearing gifts. Perhaps they meant that hollow wooden horse. Troy was situated a long way from Greece, at a point where Asia and Europe join each other. The ships on which the Greeks sailed to do battle with the Trojans were painted black with high beaks at either end which were painted red. In those days, sailors feared to sail out of sight of land. To conquer the Trojans, the Greeks also had to conquer the sea. I shall return shortly with Act Two. The General Mills Radio Adventure Theater will return shortly. On a Our story happened almost 3,000 years ago. The Trojan horse is still used today as a wartime trick whereby one side can get into an enemy city and capture it. Only today we call it a fifth column. Spies who disguise themselves as friends to steal into an enemy city. But the intention is the same. Capture the city. It is now a few hours before dawn. The people of Troy have celebrated themselves into a deep, happy sleep. The city was quiet. All Troy slept. No sentry guard to the walls. The Greeks had gone. The city was safe. Or so the Trojans thought. I gave the signal to the men waiting inside the wooden horse. now. 
Amicus, take half the men to the palace. Attack when you hear the signal. The rest of you come to the city gate with me. Softly now, unbar the gate. Now. Now open it. Menelaus, are you out there? Ready and waiting. Then the time is now. yours at last. The walls are down. I've kept my word. There is nothing left to keep me here. I bid you farewell. Oh, but must you go so soon? Tonight we celebrate my reunion with my wife, Ellen. Celebrate to your heart's content, but my own wife waits in Ithaca. Ho! Amicus! Are the oarsmen in their places? Aye, aye, Ulysses. Then unfurl the sails. Ithaca waits for us. And so at last, I left Troy. The winds were friendly and gently sped us towards Ithaca, while my heart sang. After a month, we landed on a strange island to take on water and fresh food. Amicus and I went ashore first. We found a cave, huge as the Parthenon in Athens, and entered. Look, Ulysses, we have found a treasure house of food. See the wheels of cheese and the pails filled with milk. We're in luck. I am, Amicus. The gods have been good to us. Run back to the ship and bring some men to carry this food back. I will sit here by the fire and await the owner of this cave so that I may pay him back for the food we take. Hurry, now. No. No, wait. Someone approaches. It may be the shepherd whose cave this is. We'll greet him together. Come, my fat sheep. Into the cave with you. The sun will soon be setting. Ulysses, those sheep are twice as big as we are. Have we blundered into the cave of a giant? Ye gods of Olympus, I cannot believe my eyes. Look at this giant. His head reaches to the ceiling of the cave. And that huge one eye in the center of his forehead... Shining like a blazing lantern. Oh, Ulysses, I'm afraid. Where you may be, he is a cyclops. He and his brothers are known to be friends to the Trojans. We must not let him know that we are Greeks. Why has he rolled that boulder across the mouth of the cave? To keep his flock locked in for the night. And we as well. Ulysses, we're trapped. Calmly, Amicus, calmly, we will find a way out. Oh, there, friend. You have visitors, peaceful visitors. Who speaks? I cannot see you. Look down. We stand at your feet. <laughs> Why, by my father, Neptune, god of the sea, you are pygmies. Who are you? Why are you here? We are sailors whose ship has lost its way. Be gentle with us. We mean you no harm. <laughs> what harm could you do me, pygmies? You, the one who speaks so smoothly. I wonder if you would taste as sweet as you sound. I sound sweet to your ears because you have not spoke to a human being in so long. You 
Must be very lonely here. I am sorry for you. How kind of you. Yes, it is lonely here. My brother, who lives in another cave, is not very talkative. But why should I talk to you when I can eat you? No! No, I beg of you! No, Cyclops. Wait, I... I have a better idea. Why not do both? The night is long. We can talk first, and I will tell you news of the world, and in the morning you can have us for breakfast. Very well. I shall spare you till morning. How are you called? They that call me... Call me nobody. Very well, nobody. Now talk. Tell me about the world. And so I talked into the night making my voice sweet and soft like a lullaby. The Cyclops' head nodded. He could hardly keep that one eye of his open. My voice grew softer and softer. He's asleep, Ulysses. Now, how do we get away? Can we budge the boulder from the mouth of the cave? No, that is beyond our strength. We must think of another way. Wait. Hand me that long strip of cloth, Eramicus. We will wrap it tightly around his one eye. Help me lift his head gently now. Don't wake him out. Make a tight sailor's knot that he cannot untie. But how does this blindfold help us? When I wake him, I will make him think I have made him blind. And now, to waken him. Hold there. Cyclops, are you still asleep? Dawn is coming. Uh, who calls? Is it morning so soon? But why is it so dark? Dark? Who says it is dark? Do you not see the fire still burning brightly? What fire? I see nothing. What has happened to me? Listen well, Cyclops, and I shall tell you. In the night, while you slept, I smeared a magic ointment on your eye. You have blinded me. I don't believe it. No, no, wait. Do not put your hand to your eye. You will be blind forever. Keep your hands at your sides for your own sake. I, who am called nobody, warn you. Oh, if I could see you, I would crush you to death. He he is rolling aside the boulder from the mouth of his cave. He's letting us free. I very much doubt it, Hamacus. Cyclops, what kind of shepherd are you? The sun is rising. Your sheep are hungry. Send them out into the meadows to graze. Aye, you're right. I had forgotten my flock. Oh, there, my pretty hungry sheep. Your master has not forgotten you. The green grass waits outside for you. Go and eat to your heart's content. Quickly, Amacus, under the bellies of the sheep, we'll crawl our way to freedom underneath them. Come, my pretties. Out you go, one by one. Eat hearty while I stay in the cave with nobody and nobody's friend. And when I find them, I shall put an end to them. We're free, Amicus. We're out of the cave. Quick, let's make for the ship. My heart is row. Soon the Cyclops will discover he's been tricked and come after us. Row, row for your lives. Where are you, nobody? Oh, if I could 
could only see. Look, Ulysses, the Cyclops standing on the cliff. See, he's torn the blindfold from his eyes. Oh, oh. Farewell, Cyclops. Now that we sail away, I can tell you who I really am. I am Ulysses, king of Ithaca. Ulysses, you shall pay for having tricked me. Heed my prayer, O Neptune, god of the sea. Punish Ulysses, who has tricked thy son. Let him wander forever on stormy seas. Let him never see his home again. Neptune heard his son's prayer and answered it. The sea turned against us, and each time we drew close to Ithaca, the wind drove us away. Ten, ten more years passed, and my homesickness tore at my heart like a vulture. Ulysses, is, is that a ship approaching us? No, no. It looks more like a floating island. I have that you I have been searching for you. Oh, the blessed relief to discover that my name had not been forgotten. It was the king of the winds, Aeolus, who had come seeking me. Wandering oh, days are over, Ulysses. For God's sake, you have been punished enough. Your wife and child are waiting for you. Go home, Ulysses. Here, take the leather bag, tied with a silver string. All my storm winds are imprisoned within it. Do not open this leather bag, and you will reach home safely. I promise you. Aeolus did not lie to me. Zephyr, the gentle west wind, calmly blew our ship northward. Northward. And one day, when dusk fell, we came so near to Ithaca. We could see the people lighting fires on the shore. Tomorrow I would be home again at last. Ulysses... The men have asked me to speak to you on their behalf. Speak, Amicus. What is it they wish? Yonder lies Ithaca, your home. It has taken us ten years to get here. And in all those ten years, have we not been faithful to you? By the gods, that you have. And when we land, I shall reward you well. The men want their reward now. But... I have nothing on the ship to give them. What about the leather bag that King Aeolus gave to you? Share with us the wealth that is within it, and we will be content. But there, there is nothing in that bag of any consequence. You lie, Ulysses. It is filled with gold. You wish to keep all that gold for yourself? Why do you draw a sword, old friend? Would you kill me? Nay. But I will cut the bag open and see for myself what is in it. No, no, stop, Amicus. You'll bring disaster upon us. Too late. What, what have I done, Ulysses? Oh. You've released the storm winds that were locked in the leather bag. Now we'll never see it occur again. See how the storm is blowing us out to sea. The ship is breaking up. Swim, swim for your lives. Ulysses, so near and yet so far, 
And after escaping the terrible Cyclops, too. But right now, I'm concerned with Ulysses' chances to survive that storm. We'll find out as soon as we return with Act Three. The General Mills Radio Adventure Theater will return shortly. Almost 20 years have gone by since our adventure began. So far, we've been in close touch with Ulysses. But what about his wife, Penelope? What happened to her while Ulysses was away? After the Trojan War was over and the Greeks had returned home, a rumor started that Ulysses was dead. Penelope refused to believe it. But others did, and many men came to Ithaca begging Penelope to marry one of them. Penelope stalled for time, but time was running out. So before we check on the whereabouts of Ulysses, let's first check in on Penelope in her palace. Good morning, Penelope. Well, the time has come when you must tell us which one of us you will marry. I will marry no one until it is certain that Ulysses is no longer among the living. King Menelaus and the others have returned home, but where is Ulysses? He promised me he would return. He will return. At this very moment, our son Telemachus is arranging to send many ships out in search for Ulysses and find him. They will never find him. Three years ago, you promised that you would choose one of us as your husband when you finished that uh, uh, tapestry that you're still weaving. One of your servants has confessed to me. Each night when we are gone, you unravel what you have woven and start again fresh in the morning. You could weave forever and never finish. We, the other suitors and I, have therefore had enough of this deceit. So tonight... You must choose one of us as your husband. The next morning, after the storm, I awoke upon some unknown beach, very much surprised to find that I, Ulysses, was still alive. The first thing that I saw when I opened my eyes was an old man staring down at me. I'm glad you're alive, stranger. I had thought you dead. And so did I, old man. Oh, tell me, what land is this and what men dwell here? That question is easily answered. This land is Ithaca. Who are you? I am Laertes, father of Ulysses, who once ruled here as king. Ulysses? I know the name well, and the man himself. You knew my son? Did you see him die? Who told you he is dead? When last I saw him at Troy, he was very much alive. But that was ten years ago. Is he alive now? Know you that? Yes. I know, old man. Why do you stare so intently at me? Oh, for a moment, I... Do I know you, stranger? Have we met before? There is something so very familiar about you. Now that I've told you about Ulysses and his Trojan horse, Laertes, you must tell me about his wife, Penelope. How is she? In great distress. 
since three years ago, when word came that Ulysses was dead, a horde of suitors descended upon her, demanding that she marry one of them. Tonight, I have been told, she must decide on a new husband. There is no other way for her. That ancient dog who lies beside the fire, why does he stare at me so? He is Ulysses' favorite dog. He was just a puppy when Ulysses went to Troy. For 20 years, he has been pining away for his master. A very long life for a dog, wouldn't you say? Yes, and a faithful one as well. Here, boy. Here, Argus. Argus, I'll know you his name. Who are you, stranger? Argus knows me. Ah, don't you, boy? How strange. He is licking your face. He has not done that since the day Ulysses went off to war. Perhaps he recognizes his old master. Father. Father? You are Ulysses, my son. Let me look at you more closely. By the gods, you are my son. How could I recognize you before with so much gray in your hair and beard? Oh, my son, my son, I weep for joy. This is no time for tears. We must go to the palace and drive the suitors out. But they will kill you when you make yourself known. They will not know me. For I shall come disguised as an old beggar. I shall sit at the palace gate and beg for arms and watch. And then? And then. Come with me, father. Then we shall see what there is to be seen. Well, if it isn't Laertes, welcome, old man. Have you come to hear Penelope's decision? She chooses a new husband tonight. Is not Ulysses a good enough husband for her? Why does she need another? Because a good husband is not a dead husband, old man. <laughs> Hola, Penelope, where are you? Your suitors await you. Quickly, Father, go to Penelope. Tell her I must speak to her. Do not tell her who I am. She may give me away despite herself. And, Father, after that, you must find those men still faithful to me. Let them arm themselves and surround the palace. Let them wait for my signal. You wish to speak with me, beggar? You are still as beautiful as you were on that sad day when Ulysses sailed to Troy. You knew my husband? As well as I know myself. Oh, if only he were here now. But he is. Your husband is in Ithaca. He is alive. The gods be praised. But why is he not here with me? It would be too dangerous, but do not fear. He will appear when the time comes. But I need him now. In a few moments, I must name a new husband. And so you shall. Tell them you have decided on which suitor you will marry. But Ulysses is alive. Why should I marry another? Have no fear. You will not if you carry out the plan which Ulysses has planned. Penelope, welcome to our midst. Now... Have you decided on which one of us you shall marry? I have, Antoninus. Well, then speak, Penelope. Which one of us do you choose? The choice must be yours. You shall decide among yourselves. Oh, another trick. You know very well we could not agree on one man when all men wish to marry you. Well, then there must be some test among you. And he who proves to be the best among you shall marry me. 
Is that not fair? Uh, why, yes, Penelope. It, it seems that we are all agreed. So name the test and we shall vie with each other. Very well, then. Antonius, do you see that hunting bow hanging on the wall? And the quiver full of arrows hanging beside Bring them to me. Well, an archery contest, eh? Then it will be no contest at all. For am I not the greatest bowman in all Greece? Ah, here are the bow and arrows, my wife-to-be. So, name the target. Not so fast. The bow must be strong first before you shoot at the target. It is the bow of a man, and it will take a man to bend it and string it. Well, then why the mystery? Am I not a man? <laughs> are we not all men here? Then prove to me that you are as good a man as my husband, Ulysses, who you tell me is dead. For this is Ulysses' bow. No other man has strung it since he last departed 20 years ago. Ah, so that's it. You wish us to prove we are just as strong as he is. Is that not just, Antonus? Let me see you string the bow. Bring it to me, and you shall see. Ulysses, our men have surrounded the palace. Good. When I give the signal, let them enter with naked swords and draw bows. Well, Antinous, why do you not string the bow? Are you too weak? <laughs> you infidel beggar! Do not mock me, or you shall answer to me with your life. Save your breath for the bow. Why do you not string it? An infant can do it, even an old beggar. Oh, say you so? Very well, then come and show me. But I warn you, if you fail, you will pay with your life. Give me the bow, weakling. <gasps> there. It is done. Ulysses! Ulysses? This beggar is Ulysses? How do you know that? Oh, because only Ulysses could string this bow. Oh, welcome back, my husband. Behold, Antinous, there is now an arrow waiting in my bow. What target shall I choose? I care not. And you need not aim at my heart, for you cannot kill all of us. Draw your swords, my fellow suitors. For if Ulysses be not dead as we had heard, he soon will be. Oh, Valor, turn the alarm! Now, Antinous, not my arrow alone is aimed at your heart, but many. Why are you so silent, boastful villain? Get you gone from my house, or will you stand and fight? Nay, nay, we will go. You are too many for us. Wisely spoken. Coward. Go then and never let me see your faces again in Ithaca. March the rabble out, my faithful subject. Now, Penelope, my dear, dear wife, come to my arms and welcome me home once again. I wish there'd been time to tell you about all the adventures Ulysses had. There was the one about Circe, the enchantress who turned men into pigs. There were the sirens who, with their sweet singing, lured sailors to their doom. And there was the adventure where Ulysses had to choose sailing between Scylla, the six-headed monster, or Charybdis, the boiling whirlpool which sucked ships to the bottom of the sea. You can read about these for yourselves in the books of Homer at your library. I'll return shortly. Oh. 
there was a city named Troy, Homer did not invent it. As a matter of fact, when an archaeologist named Heinrich Schleman decided to dig for the ruins of Troy 100 years ago, he found the city in exactly the place that Homer had described in his book, The Iliad. Now you tell me, which is stranger, fact or fiction? cast included Michael Wager, Ann Williams, Jackson Beck, Robert Dryden, and Ian Martin. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is Tom Bosley inviting you to return to the General Mills Radio Adventure Theater for another exciting tale you can hear through the magic of radio. The General Mills Radio Adventure Theater is recommended by NEA, the National Education Association.